The show you're about to listen to is very old and comes with a warning. When we recorded these shows over a decade ago, the world was a different place and we were little more than children. As a result of this, you might hear a few things that by today's standards we judge to be inappropriate or offensive. Please don't be offended. In the years that have passed since recording these shows, we've all grown up to be wonderful, loving, liberal, free-thinking, open-minded individuals. If the us from over a decade ago say something to upset the you of today, please understand that we're as disgusted with ourselves as you are. But isn't this what life is all about? Learning and growing? We all said and did things in our younger days that make us cringe when we think about them. We just recorded it and put it out on the internet. With all that in mind, I hope you enjoy the show. Oh, and there's just one more thing. Don't email the show or try to enter competitions. We don't have that email anymore and all the competitions are over. We do have a Facebook group where you're very welcome to discuss any aspects of the podcast. Please visit simplysyndicated.com for more information. Now establishing data link. Accessing. Hello and welcome to episode 27 of Make It So. I'm back and Mike's here. Hello. And we have a special guest. Think of that how you will. Mr. Michael Storr. Hello, Michael Hello everybody. Starr. How are you doing? Oh, I'm fine, thanks. How are you? Good, thank you. <laughs> good. All well, then. That's yes, a good yes, way pretty, to do a show. Pretty good, yeah. So this show just brings out the Star Trek geeks from the back of the woods, doesn't it? <laughs> they just sort of like, they crawl out, out the woodwork. Just sort of, hello, um, here you here you're talking about Star Trek on Monday nights. <laughs> oh, well, um, that's good. Oh, well. We, uh, wouldn't mind joining you if that's okay. Yeah. This is an, an early make it so though, isn't it? This, this is, is it's still daylight. Monday daytime. It's bank holiday weekend, so we're uh, we're getting the work done early. Good. For the good. change. Which is good, we'll have the rest of the evening to ourselves. Would you like to thank the person before we get into it? Or would you like you to go thank for it. You thank him, because I couldn't thank him last week because I didn't know his name. So Daniel Whitener. Daniel Whitener. Who donated us enough money to buy a microphone. Thank um, you very much, Thank Daniel. you very much. And apologies for not knowing your name last week. It's we'll so be, shit. We'll be going shopping soon. Yes. Soon. Brilliant. People keep putting more bits in. So every time I start thinking about cutting it off. Then you have to reassess what you can, yeah. what you can purchase because there's more money there. It's quite... It's I lovely, that, isn't it? I don't want to say it's irritating. Of, yeah, of all, of all the things to complain about, it's, yeah. it's not one of them. People keep giving us money, <laughs> money and it's just winding me up. It's just yeah. really annoying. I want them to stop. So this week, uh, following a troll through the forums, the mm. ever-growing, most incredible forums on the internet. The Very impressive. Yeah. Uh, we've decided to go with something a little off the beaten track this week. Star Trek versus Star Wars. <laughs> hmm. That raises a lot of eyebrows. It does. It does. Two it very does. different entities. Indeed. Both which indeed. get compared because they have the word star in them. <laughs> <laughs> and they're that obsessive it. dressing up I, fans I, as well. As obsessive dressing up fans, and they are probably two of the biggest science fiction op- operas. Or they are the two biggest, today, surely. Yeah. Failing that, Battlestar Galactica, or, yeah, or Battle- Buffy. No, Buffy's not sci-fi. <laughs> it's fantasy. But yeah, I'd say, I'd say Battlestar it's comes in a, a third, really. You're not talking about the... They, do, they don't have the obsessive dressing up fans yet, do they? No. There's not much to dress up as, really. Well, a Troy dresses up in that like that double vest thing that he's got, doesn't he? Yeah. Tristan dresses up, you know, the, the bench pressing vest. Because <laughs> you'd either have to just wear a uniform 
or be a Cylon, in which yeah. case you're either you either look like you either look like one or you don't. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's like, the point of the Cylon, really. Something yeah. been taken out of kit out of Knight Rider and put in a robot. Mm. Yeah. The yeah. old school Cylons. Mm. So yeah, we've got the two big ones, really. It's the two big ones. Now I mean, you've got, got other sci fi epics like in terms of television like um Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Now that's that's a big one, isn't it? Yeah. It's definitely. very big. It's mm. terrible. Mm. It's te- it's not that bad actually. It's not terrible. It's just they know it's kitsch and they keep it kitsch. Have you ever seen any of the new ones? Yeah, yeah, one or two. And they're they are pretty cheesy. Yeah. But at the same time, at least there's an element of fun with it that kind there of got is. lost before. I just feel it's never well as well done as Star Trek. Mm. Of course not. But then it's nowhere near as much money, especially during the formative years of it. And then now, obviously, they've well, just... Well, that's my point. Now there should be. I mean... But battles... that's but it's already established itself as being quite kitsch and quite yeah, kind of cheesy looking. I suppose. And... See, to be honest, I actually prefer watching, like, the, the first black and white Doctor Who's. Mm. I actually quite like watching them because I can I can forgive the production values. I don't know. I quite like the Pertwee and the... What's his name? Baker. Yeah. Yeah, Pertwee and Baker. Um, I quite like uh, Davison, actually. Which one was that one? Uh, that was number five, the one with the celery on his jacket. Is that the one that went around in golf? Uh, not golf, uh, cricket stuff. Yeah, that's the one, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah no, I, I really like the first two because, they're, because they're, like, they're all in monochrome and they're all 60s and black and white. It's like the ones my parents used to watch. And, yeah. And, they're, you know, and you, kind of, you, you, you can forgive them a bit more for the production values because it's old. It's yeah, it see. is old. Now there's now, no excuse. Mm. Yeah, what's, I mean, your, what's your excuse? Wasn't Firefly 200,000 an episode? Something absurd like that. Which is £100,000. Are you telling me the BBC haven't got £100,000 an episode to spend on something as big for them as Doctor Who? Yeah, if they wanted to, they could get fantastic directors in to do something crazy with Doctor Who. They just choose not to because they're a bit wet. Mm. No, it's not. It's not because they're a bit wet. It is already famous for being cheesy and like fallen down. You know, well, falling know, down sets and stuff like that, and monsters that look a bit and, crap, and, and that's why it's carrying on going on. Like oh, yeah, I suppose it's no excuse. Though. Hey, God, we're uh, going way off. If, if I had a million pounds, this is still way off, but related to what I just said, if you had a million pounds, you could just knock out five new episodes of Firefly, sell yeah. them exclusively on the internet for two quid an episode, and then retire for the rest of your life. Yeah. You know, I'd love to if I if I won the lottery and had a million pounds that I could invest in something. That's what I'd do. Probably I'd make enough. five Firefly episodes. You get something good out of it. You watch more Firefly as well. Yeah, yeah. get everyone back, all the original cast, and just will. There you go. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Star so, Wars versus back, Star Trek. Back onto the topic of Star Wars versus Star now, Trek. Star Wars is a very different beast because it only has movies. Yeah. As, well, no, it's got. Several television shows attached to it. Actually. Oh yeah, I suppose of course there's a you've book. You've got the Ewoks. Yeah, we both. You've got the books. Of course. You've got the comics. You've got the droids cartoon. You've got yeah. the new Jedi cartoon. There's All a lot of um, Clone Wars stuff. The yeah. Clone Wars stuff. There's like a load of attached sci-fi. What's different about Star Wars is the opposite way around. It starts with the movies and then goes on to the television stuff. Yes. Star Trek started with the television stuff and then went to the movies. So. That's one of the big things. They're both, yeah, they're both epic. They both have lots of fans who love to dress up and obsessed with it on different levels. But there epic was a storyline and a big stories. Yeah, yeah. No, I was about to say because like Star Trek, 
a lot won't look epic. No. No, sometimes, you know, battles in space, well, that's pretty good. Sometimes, oh, we're on a planet that looks like a painted back screen. Yeah, with some polystyrene rocks. Yeah. yeah. That did happen. But then that's production value. If you can spend $180 million on a film, then it looks like episode one. Yeah. Mm. Now, which takes us to a very interesting point. Mm. Star Trek, in its suckiest of suckiest times, has never reached the depths of despair. Right, that's that rubbish. Is that's the absolute trilogy. rubbish. <laughs> Star Trek 1 is worse than Episode 1. Are you serious? I'm absolutely deaf. I can sit and watch Episode 1 all the way through. I can't sit and watch Star Trek 1. It just gets so boring. I've I just not think seen that it since do I something. You're just moving through space. <laughs> I see what you mean, because with episode one, you know that there's going to be some good shit at the end. Yeah, and the music's fantastic. Darth Maul's really good. It's you, just you know Jar Jar Binks and that kid. With episode one, you know that Darth Maul's going to be there, and there's going yeah, to be that wicked That's an amazing fight. I think that's um, actually my favourite lightsaber battle of all six films. It's one of yeah, it's, it's yeah, probably it's, There's too much going on in the others, I think, like in episode two and two and three. Yeah. I, the last I, one with... No, with, with, the, the Yoda one's pretty good. The Yoda one's pretty good, but it's a that, novelty it, kind it's of thing. It is a novelty, good. but... It was just the novelty value yeah. of it. The novelty it, value's pretty good. That's probably why it's in there. Do you Yoda know what I mean? only fights for about 15 seconds. The Well, and no, in episode three, he fights quite a bit. Oh, that's a much better one. That was a much better one. And, see, but what, then you had that intercut with the, the, the big final Anakin versus... Oh, that's how it always works. Yeah, but, mm. the, but you... Uh, it was too fast. There was too much going was on. So was, you couldn't of, see what was going too on. Too fast cutting. I mean, look at the beginning of episode two, which is you don't stay in the same place for more than four seconds. I think yeah. that's a problem with episode three. There's a lot of wasted space because they could have been telling all the story that at the end they just try and chuck in all at once. Mm. Uh, a long way through that film, mm. but they didn't. And they could be telling a lot more stories that go with the the kind of birth of the empire and stuff like that. And then just specifically stick to this uh, love story, exactly. which is a bit... You know what I mean? No one really cared about the love story. No. Because nobody liked Anakin. And nobody <laughs> wanted to see good things happen to him. Least of all, get Natalie Paul. I think actually that's some very clever casting by Lucas. What, do you think? That both really? Anakin actors are slightly unlikable, as well as being... <laughs> quite well no, suited. No, you're assigning genius to where there is a... No, but a, come on, because you don't want genius. to like him all the way through. You, you're not supposed to like what becomes Darth Vader. I mean, you obviously... You don't it's... like him at any point, though. That's the problem. <laughs> you don't care yeah. that bad things happen to him. In fact, you invite them to, to him. Good, your mother's dead. Good. I'm, <laughs> glad, I'm glad you got there just in time for the last 15 seconds of her life to see her die. That was an incredible waste of his time, wasn't it? Mm. And what timing... What timing? He arrives as she dies. Fucking hell. Just really bad. Yeah. Really bad. The Star Trek movies are far superior. Oh, what the... And... Right, you're just talking... <laughs> now then, now then. Hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> hang on. In through the nose, out there through are, the mouth. There are far more Star Trek movies. There are. And there, there are, are some wider ranging. ones. There are, this is what I'm saying. I think the really, really good ones are really, really good. There's some shit in there. Don't get me wrong. There's one and five. Thing is... I don't uh, acknowledge four as a bad one anymore. It is. Which one but was five The... The five was the one with Spock's half-brother. I think it's oh, about... Yeah. I think it's about even. I think the problem you have is that Star Wars is a momentous franchise that is based on three terrific films. Mm. Um, arguably... 
Empire Strikes Back and Jedi are the best, and Star Wars is, you know, you could go on and on about which one's the best Star Wars film, that's not what we're here to talk about. But yeah, we've got three really good Star Wars films, we've got three pretty shit Star Wars films, and, mm. you know. And with Star Trek, I think it's a similar sort of deal. You've got about half of them at five out of ten, I'd say, were excellent, and five were pretty even mediocre to shit. So... Mm. But it's a different set because you've got three really good and then you've got three really shit. And then in, in Star Trek, it's kind of like the odd and even numbered thing, which I don't actually rate that much, no. that theory, because I don't think it works. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. But the difference is, though, I think with like the Star, Star Trek's best films, I would say First Contact and Wrath of Khan. Yeah. As the two best films. Yeah. We've been arguing over which one out of those two. But yeah. it is those two, really, yeah. isn't it? You can't... Without a doubt. Without yeah. a doubt. It's, it's down to those two. Now, yeah, episode one is pretty rubbish. Um, but I don't think the others are that bad. Maybe they're not as cohesive a storyline, but... Two and three, I'll tell you what, two and three, and I'll genuinely say, when I came out of seeing Star Wars 2 and Star Wars 3, um, I actually did think they were awesome. I really enjoyed mm. watching episode two for the first time. I really enjoyed watching episode... Well, hell, all three, we three went to see episode three and we came out and we really enjoyed it. Didn't we all see two together as well? Yeah, we, yeah, saw, we, all, yeah, two we all saw two together and we all really enjoyed both of those films the first time we saw it. Where they, it falls down is repeat viewings. Yeah, mm. they, they have a wow factor to them and once that wears off, which it does about a week after you've seen it the first time, as soon as you watch it the second time, as soon as you watch it the second time, you see all the flaws, all the problems in it, yeah. and it just it just doesn't have that hold up value, that that repeat viewing value that the first three Star Wars films have. You can put on Empire Strikes Back now, and I will enjoy it from start to finish. Put on Episode Three now, I will not enjoy it. No, I will I, enjoy certain bits of it, but I won't. I think that's what as, it is. I think that's what it is. You enjoy certain bits, but it doesn't have the kind of enticing storyline that it, it's basically let down on the, the story. It's trying to put too much facts in, mm. but not very fluidly. And it's, uh, whereas with the original three styles is you could, you could just sit down and watch a story. I mean, Empire Strikes Back, obviously a lot of people's favorite is actually probably the weakest storyline in the three. Because it is a bit, you always think, oh, it's a bit between the two, even it, though it's, it's brilliant. It's the least complete as, in, as mm, a movie. Mm. Kind of, well, obviously, intentionally leaves you wanting more. Mm. Yeah. I always see, I always see um, Empire and Jedi as one in some respects, like in terms of, yeah. in you know, as a story. Obviously, one works on its own, like uh, A New Hope works on its own merits as a one-off film whereas empire and jedi i think work really well just as a two it doesn't necessarily mean you have to have all three i think empire you could watch oh, i don't know actually no, no you, you need to watch all three empire. you couldn't come in at empire no you'd have to watch all three even even just the first one or all three wouldn't you whereas i think arguably you can just sit down and watch any star trek movie with the exception, with the exception of, of three. three and four Four you can kind of get away with. There's a massive recap on four, isn't yeah. there? But three is... You couldn't just watch three. I think that's partly as well the episodal thing that comes from the series. Is. Series is it? Episodic series is and series. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Welcome to the grammar um, cast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, uh, my grammatical errors aside, um, because it, it does work in an episode format, um, yeah, mm. Basically, they, they can put a film out that is a, a story from beginning to end as such. See, I wanted more of the the big... I like 
two, three, and four Star Trek wise. I liked uh, I liked Wrath of Khan, such as Spock and Voyage Home as a as a three part story. They kind of work episodically as well, but they do work in a mm. uh, three doesn't. But yeah, two and four work um, on their own merits. Mm. Um, but yeah, they all three follow, and I kind of wanted that with next gen films. I was kind of yearning for for a big three-part massive epic story that they were going to do with the next-gen films or something like that. I wanted Nemesis 2. I wanted to see what, you know, I wanted something big to happen after that. I didn't enjoy Nemesis, and I didn't feel it ended well. It had some nice ideas. Um, It was better than Insurrection. It had some nice ideas. It It was was certainly better than Insurrection. Oh, God, yeah. It was better than Generations. It was... See, yeah, Generations left me... When I saw that at the cinema, I was left thinking, oh, is is it finished? Okay. Hmm. It was it's like a big episode, episode yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It didn't feel like it was meant to finish or anything I like that. I think Generations suffered massively from having well, the were, same Enterprise. Yeah, you were crowbarring Kirkin and all well, that sort of thing. Yeah, the story was kind of that was very contrived and the and the sets and the DS9 uniforms didn't really work what you know with Riker and Picard wearing those little jumpsuits and everything and there was no new ship it was the old ship with some new new things put on atta- you know attached to it and everything and so it did just look like a double episode of the yeah. next gen shot in 35mm and yeah. widescreen that was about it you know, um, whereas... In fact, there have been better double episodes of Next, Next Gen. Gen. Yeah, Best of Both Worlds, <laughs> yeah. for example, Definitely. was better. Um, but then, yeah, with First Contact, you know, got new Enterprise, oh. new uniforms, new, you know, it just looks great, doesn't it? And and just, that was that was the big thing. That was why I think yeah, Generations I suffered a lot. Borg chic in there as well, of course. It looks fantastic, always looks good when it's on the big screen, the Borg. You yeah, oh, get that does, wet, scri- wet skin that makes them... Stop looking like kind of pasty yeah. goths wearing bits of cardboard on the face. Yeah, they updated the Borg somewhat, didn't they? Didn't they win an Oscar for it? I've, I've probably I, said I think that it before. got nominated, I think, for... It was certainly at least nominated. You forget, actually, like, that Star Trek does just get nominated sometimes. Like, they were saying on... I was watching the the wrap-up of Series 7, the feature on that, which is quite good, because it just looks like Rick Berman is absolutely knackered. If, you ever watch, if you've got the next-gen DVD box set, watch the season overview for Season 7, because Rick Berman's just there, and he's just like, yeah, that was a tough year. I've it was had just, enough now. I've had enough now. It was the end of next-gen. They had in that, se- in that year, they did the end of next-gen, Star Trek Generations, Star Trek Deep Space Nine Season two and season three and the start of star trek voyager in one year and you can just look at him he just looks like he wants to die <laughs> um and uh and what's brilliant in that little overview is that they say that in season seven they got nominated for best drama like for the emmys that year as well for um, season seven season seven Oh, dear God, it was all somebody's had something where they've lost their memory episodes. So it, no, it was all family. <laughs> it was all family, guys. The, it, the wolf's brother turns up, uh, Troy's little dead sister. Um, Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst, yeah. Um, Wesley turns up twice. Oh, um, uh, Crusher's sister or mother or something like that. They were saying this on the thing as well, like the season overview. It wasn't intentional at all. They just ended up making lots of family episodes. And the whole season, to be perfectly honest, plays like it's going to be... It, they're just saving money for all good things. It does a bit, doesn't it? it just the whole, whole generations and all good things look like they were just saving money for yeah. that. Like the, the last series, I know you don't watch Buffy, but like the last series of Buffy was exactly the same. Seven nothing nothing happened episode. all the way up until the last two episodes right. and then they just ploughed all their money into the final 
remind by saying Wesley Crusher again, you've reminded me of something, right? Uh, especially as we were greeted with another Alexander episode of DS9 last night. Uh, in terms <laughs> of annoying characters, both Star Trek and Star Wars have their share. Yes, yes. we have Jar Jar Binks, who is infinitely more annoying than Harry Kim on his worst day. Yes. Oh God, yeah. Uh, or, or or Wesley Crusher. See, Harry Kim however, isn't that irritating. Harry Kim is just boring. Boring, yeah. That's the He's problem. He's the Ken Barlow of Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is, yeah. That makes sense. Boring Ken. That all makes sense to our English listeners. That uh, Ken Barlow, for those of you who don't know, is um, the longest-running British soap opera character on uh, He's Coronation the sec- Street. Think- He's the second-longest-running yeah. actor to play a character there's another one on American soap opera who's run like literally a year longer than Coronation Street ran. Ken start. Roach, his name. Yeah. I believe. And he sued someone for saying he was boring and he <laughs> won. Yeah. I don't know how you prove that in court. <laughs> I don't know. He said I was boring. Well, prove you're not boring. boring and, well, to be perfectly honest. I was out hang gliding this morning. How about, how about <laughs> the fact that he's been playing the same character for over is over 47 years it's got to you've got to have some when you play a character when for you take on a role for 47 years, years you can't tell me there isn't the line between reality and ken <laughs> must, <laughs> must be a blurred be. one must be at this stage in I can't, life. you can't even imagine that i just can't imagine doing that he's never done any other role i think he maybe played one person before you know he's he's not really married to deirdre in real life, but yeah. he has spent every day with her for the last however many years. Mm. It's quite crazy. He's probably actually spent more time with her than well, he's actually Well, in that case, he's, he's probably got some severe psychological damage because the character's been <laughs> married like five times, had like three wives die, two divorce him, loads yeah. of girlfriends get killed, uh, a son that comes out of the blue. If he actually, if he did have that, you know, imagine like you actually became the character so much and every time you get the script, it's just like, what's happening to me now? Why Why are they doing this to me? Why? Why what are they doing it? Oh, they're not doing it to you. They're doing it to Ken. <laughs> You're inventing somebody's own internal personal monologue. <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that's, uh, that's Ken. I'm, you know, because we had Jar Jar Binks, we had the Ewoks, who people didn't like. I no, were, didn't have an issue with the Ewoks, I like but the Ewoks. I, I've I just didn't put have an that issue down with to Ewoks. me being a child when they came out. Yeah, I didn't have an issue with the Ewoks until someone pointed out how monumentally shit they are. Yeah, that, and then I suddenly realised mm. it was it was it was only spoiled by someone saying they're crap. It's when you first realise how long that shot that lingers on the dead Ewok actually is and it's, it must be five minutes on, <laughs> on a dead it's Ewok. about 30 seconds <laughs> and when the death star explodes killing tens of thousands of people mm. we just get a quick flash bang and then lots of people back. cheering yeah lots of people <laughs> cheering yeah. the dead teddy bear on the ground oh 30 seconds terrible terrible that was, that, was the, that was the human loss though that was the well the ewok loss anyway of, uh, of star wars because there was no there was no payoff there was no there was no sacrifice in in Jedi. No, there wasn't. There was lots of fighters who got blown up with people you didn't know, mm. but um, but well, they didn't even get nearly enough screen time for you to give a shit about any of them. And there was no, you got harm back and everything. Actually, Jedi originally, when it was under before, like David Lynch was supposed to do it. Um, oh, Lando how amazing, amazing would that have been? Lando was supposed to die in the blast at the Death Star at the end. Uh, Harrison Ford was going to die. Um, they were just going to—they were going to kill off like most of the cast, and it was going to be a very, a very darker film. And it was going to be the um, 
the Wookiees, not the not the Ewoks. So Jedi could have been an entirely different yeah. kettle of fish. That Which would have been might quite have good. been better, yes. Mm. There's like, no, nothing wrong with Jedi. It's just uh, no, that no. sounds really interesting. Yeah, I'd David like Lynch seen, doing that. I'd like to have seen David Lynch do How that. How scary would the Wookiees have been? Yeah. <laughs> Too scary. But instead of that, he did Dune. Oh dear! Yeah, and then they—I'd love you to like see that. Though, version. Don't you? Yeah, I'd love to see that long version of his, the original edit. It may—it may be out there somewhere. We've, we've seen the three-hour version, and that was crap. To be that honest. was yeah, but that was a TV re-edit, wasn't it? Mm. Oh well, and that was that, rubbish. That was bad. Yes, for anyone out there who thinks about buying maybe the extended cut of June, there's a TV version out there which is three hours long, so it's about. 45 minutes longer than the uh, theatrical version. Don't buy it. It's crap. 15 minutes of that is just an opening narration with loads of drawings and shots moving over drawings. The score is completely different. Yeah, it ruins prepared. all the tension in it because yeah. they get changed the amazing score, basically. Like, all of the scenes that they've added in um, haven't had a proper effects done, so the Fremen with the blue eyes... No, they don't have blue eyes in the extra scenes, so it's pretty easy to spot the extra scenes because they just <laughs> didn't bother putting blue eyes on. I mean, really, how hard is that in this day and age? Um, and come on, you could do it on your computer. I mean, it's That's true. fucking easy. And um, yeah, and all that shit. And uh, what else was crap with it? And yeah, it's extended. And yet, because it was the TV version, all the violent bits were edited. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, you know, the heart plug sequence, gone. Really? Oh, well, I, I don't know. I was God, we're on to all of them, aren't we, today? June, Doctor Who, Star Wars, yeah. Star Trek. That was a big one. Yeah. It's a sci-fi broth. What talking. were we talking about? The annoying characters? Yeah. yeah. What else Yeah. What else do we have in Star Wars? Well, in Star Wars... Um, Let's talk about I don't know, because a lot of them... Hang on, hang on. I was about to say, a lot of the annoying characters were actually... Like, there's the guy that... Um, uh, on the Millennium Falcon in Return of the Jedi... The little kind of funny-nosed fellow. Yeah. It's annoying, but he's not. A, he's actually quite cool. Elaborately done up aliens that have no lines. Mm. Yeah. And stuff like that. Which is, again, uh, I know obviously they, they back it up with a universal tranq... Uh, I was about to say tranquilizer. Translator. <laughs> Translator. Thank you. Um, but still, you know, it's more realistic that you'd have animals that just didn't speak. That's true. I yeah. always thought the Universal Translator was a very easy get-out clause. Yeah, on which they don't make much of, but actually, str- I mean, there's yeah. one episode I can remember where it struggles to deal with someone's language, but... So, so there was a couple it? It, like, that, like, problems it had, but it was always the fact that people's mouths and their words were in sync, which always threw me on that, that aspect. Mm. If it was, you know, and, and the fact that there's a translator, what does it do? It extrapolates your own voice translates instantaneously and uses your own vocal pattern to put it out and visually changes your mouth so it matches English. Yes. Um, amazing device. Well, and does yet, that happen on the way out or the way into it, the new person? That has exactly. to be into the way into the new person. It has to person. be the, the ear or, you know. It's just such a flawed technology. And <laughs> and they can't, they can get that to work, but they can't, you know, yeah. can't keep the holodeck from ruining the ship. So, <sighs> yeah. You gotta worry. Well, you gotta wonder about that one. Yeah, I think there would be more language difficulties in Star Trek, mm. but it would detract from the, the it would goodness somewhat. of it's the when show. you see Klingons speaking English on ships, and you just think there's not a universal translator there. Yeah. Like some of the films, they use subtitles. oh yeah, and then and when they use Klingon words within English sentences, they'll be speaking in English and then go kapla. Why didn't it translate that into yeah? You know, 
Or maybe, they, that, maybe there's certain words which fall under the je ne sais quoi kind of uh, category. That, yeah. That's it. Maybe it works. It's the same system that knows when to turn off the communications yeah. when you stop talking to that and you're talking to someone in the room again. It's Barry. Yeah. Barry. Barry. Barry is the system. He's just a bloke that kind of goes and sits up there as his fags, as his tea. Another we've got, we've got the hero. Of the we've got Barry and Dave. Dave in the brig and Barry in the, uh, the comms. In the room at the, the corner, comms, yeah. yeah. Again, the cupboard, on, they on Deep Space Nine the other night, uh, Cisco was questioning someone in a brig. Who was it? Oh, it was uh, the security officer who ran off and joined the Marquis. Ed- oh, Ed- Eddington. Eddington. And he was questioning him. And behind him in the background was a, an ensign on a control pad typing away. They're in a room that is as big as the one we're in. Mm. Half of it's a cell. And the other half has a computer console. In. You always were t- wondering what that guy does typing in the away. What's he doing? What's he doing? All the way through the scene. Beep, 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 Playing beep, Tetris. Beep, beep, Taking minutes. And it's, what are you doing? All there is in that room is an on and off switch for that force field that's keeping him in that half of the room that doesn't have the door on it. That's all there is. Yeah. What? are you doing mm-hmm. and all the way through the conversation <laughs> you know we can click something just start it recording but they can't do that they need to be constantly updating oh, yeah, yeah. and now he's playing yeah. a small piano is that what he's doing yeah, he's playing the and that's what dave does always typing no dave, one knows what dave's a bit weird no one knows what i think they've just given him a control panel that just makes the beeps it doesn't do anything other than that mm. That's what it is. I'd love one. He's writing his own electro tune. Yeah. It's there so that the security officer is distracted momentarily when the intruder gets out of the brig. (laughs) That's right. Then he's like, oh, shit, I'm near my high score on Tetris. This guy's getting away. (laughs) You can't hit the pause button. We're going to lose. Ah, shit, you fucker. Waffle (laughs) security. Waffle getting. Star Wars had no such brig. No. They did have hiding compartments in the... They did uh, have a brick. They had a massive... Um, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thingy thing. With yeah, the, with, the, with the probe. The, the probe. And and conveniently linked to the garbage disposal. Yeah, yeah. As most corridors are. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're going to have a brick and, you know, uh, a highly secure brick, I mean, you want a panel next to the door that you can escape into the yeah. the garbage contracts. No one you know, followed I mean, them down there. No one really thought about that when they were designing it. Not even it was slightly. just like, maybe, you know, maybe we shouldn't provide them with The administrative really management systems on a Death, Death Star. Star. I mean, it's ridiculous. That's absurd. It is. I always thought that bit when the probe <laughs> comes in with to Princess Leia mm. and it's got the syringe on it. Did you not think, why have you got a whole probe robot thing to Pre- deliver syringe. a syringe? Mm. We've got syringes now. You just pick them up and inject people if you need to or whatever. You don't need a robot, mm. especially a big round floating robot. Well, just yeah, but don't pretend you wouldn't have a robot if you got the choice to have if a robot had with a syringe rather than doing it yourself. You would maybe choose be, that. There'd maybe be one at my house. It would depend on what it did. Have you ever seen Flubber with Robin Williams? Yes. Do you know the flying robots in that? Yeah. I'd have one of those. They were pretty cool. I'd have one of the ones from, <laughs> um, oh, what's that, 80s one? Metal Mickey. No, no, no. The little flying ones that went like that and they're going to save Batteries the building. Batteries not included. Batteries not included. That's, That's the one just I've... one of the saddest films ever made. I'd have a T-800 outside. What you want about? <laughs> what with, can they do for you? With a gun. Well, why do you need a gun? Are <laughs> people coming to get you? No, but it'll be cool. If why? 
come over and see my Terminator. He'll kill you. Uh, <laughs> no, thanks, mate. We're just going to get a pizza and a video tonight. Sorry. You'd be on your own That'd here. Be brilliant. You would like, have... Craig would be dead on the, on the driveway. <laughs> You'd ask the pizza man to come and deliver you pizza. You'd never have to pay. You, you wouldn't have even have to, to shoot them. It just, you know, you'd see that fucking thing. He'd drop the pizza and run. You should get it with a. So hang on, hang on. Then. I want to say your T eight hundred is actually an elaborate ploy to get free, free takeaways. <laughs> Come on, the worst things have been done with robots. They certainly are. <laughs> I cannot argue that in the mm. slightest, and I, I won't attempt to. You you stick I, it on bark. It's, it's mode. between that, but he's less individual. Otherwise, I'd have a data, but data's kind of too. He'd, he'd want to go off and do things, and you'd have to let him go eventually. Data was. Far more advanced than the Star Wars robot, which were, for all intents and purposes, a bit crap. Well, Data wasn't in a, wasn't a robot, was he? He was an android. Well, I know. A cybernetic but, being. But still, there were no cybernetic beings in Star Wars. No. I, I had a thought about the floor. Oh, what about technology that, the General Star Grievous or whatever? Yeah. Oh, he, was, he wasn't as good as a Data. And he was cyborg, wasn't he? Yeah, oh, Data yeah. would have had him. And he was part living thing. That's right as well, which data isn't. You don't get much about the Star Wars technology in order to pick flaws in it like you do with Star Trek. No. And no. I think that comes down to just the amount of exposure that you get to it. It's down to the hours that you have with it, really. Exactly. I mean, ultimately, Definitely. we're talking about Star Wars, which is six films, a couple of lame cartoons and TV series. Which wouldn't go into such things anyway. Which, yeah, which wouldn't do that anyway. Um, all told, you're probably talking a runtime one-tenth of what? Star Star Trek is mm. um, if you added them all up together I mean fuck's sake seven seasons of Next Gen seven seasons of Deep Space Nine Voyager four yeah, also could... hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of hours whereas Star Wars is probably more hundreds and Star Wars as well you could imagine actors like Harrison Ford quitting if he had to say any more about mm. uh, light speed and hyperdrives and yeah. Well, they no, couldn't even write it properly. And when they say saying that it makes the castle running under 10 and parsecs, yeah. For all of Star Wars... Explain Star that away all yeah. you fucking want. You just didn't know no, when what? you wrote the script. <laughs> yeah, for all of the crap that Star Trek gets away with, it never, ever referred to parsecs as... Oh, dear. As a, as a, a time. Un- excuse me, yawning. It's a unit of distance. It's a unit of distance, not a unit of time. It was a terrible, unit. terrible. Thing. Isn't it? It's twelve light years, isn't it, or something like that? I used Far to know, so. actually. I think it, I think it's twelve. We'll have to look it up and we can. That sounds it. like a good number to me. It can be twelve. Twelve. You are the guy, the sort of guy that would used to know. I did an A level <laughs> in physics. No, it right, was fair. I was required to know. I thought you were just. Uh, I was no good at it. Swatting miserably, but uh, <laughs> I, I, there was a point when I would have known. Well, our good friend Dr. James Roberts is the degree in quantum <laughs> physics. I'm pretty sure he could probably. Uh, the PhD, sorry, in quantum physics. He and if he can't, then he's just coasting in his job. <laughs> he really must be. I think that's he, he, he'll have to. He'll have the definitive answer for us. So email us in, James. Tell us. You could just look that up on Wikipedia. Or we or could just look it up on Wikipedia. Type it into Google or something. Yeah. Um, lazy, lazy. Well, anyway, yeah. it's more interesting. It's more interesting <laughs> Why type something into the internet when you can email someone and ask them to email <laughs> exactly. you back with the answer? That's not. Anyway. So where are we on Star Trek versus Star Wars? This is really a Roddenberry versus Lucas throwdown. That's a good point. Now, what we get into really is where they come from in terms of their visions of the future or the past, as it were, in Star Wars as well. Um, are we talking about Star the social the value the of social the, the value, phenomenon? Yeah, the, the, the overall message or moral 
involved in either of these. Now, Roddenberry's vision of the future, as we all know, is is a sort of idealistic utopia where mankind has put aside all of its differences, uh, mm. ethnic, social, boldness. All of these problems are a thing of the past and and now get on looking out for the, the rest of the universe. Whereas, um, well, we're not really you dealing with humanity no, in Star it's Wars. No, it's a long time, time ago. ago the galaxy far, far, far away. Far away. Even humans in it, really. Well, but there are. That's It falls into the category of sci-fi fantasy. Mm. You've got to add that fantasy element because it's, it is sci-fi because there's spaceships. Yes. And that automatically makes it sci-fi if you have spaceships. <laughs> Um, and but, cool. Yeah, and cool. <laughs> but you haven't got anything else. There's no Earth. There's no human beings. There's no mention of anything like that. There's no mention, really, of what race a lot of creatures are anyway. I quite like that, yeah. that there's humans back a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. It gives it an, a nice uh, un, unspoken point, if you know what I mean. It's yeah. just that this... There's a similar thing in Battlestar, and I probably, probably Battlestar originally when did Battlestar originally air 70s 70s yeah was it pre-Star Wars or no I think it was after Star Wars yeah it would have been sailing on that vibe yeah Yeah. so it's probably but that is probably much the same vibe because we've got humans on a different side of the galaxy who haven't got anything to do with with Earth with Earth or anything like that and are looking for Earth so that was a bit that took it sort of to a slightly different level whereas Earth is never even a factor in Star Wars you see the problem when you're doing cipher sci-fi for television is it apart from your action movies it probably costs the most to do mm. or, or can do mm. potentially because everything has to be creative there's nothing real about it at all i forgot my point completely mid-flow whoops mid-flow should we talk another point of comparison then um, yes I'd- ships Oh, right. Then, yeah, that's a good say, one. Ships, what do we think? What do we think? Ah, sorry. Humans <laughs> in sci-fi. Right. <laughs> if if you're going to make a sci-fi, it's cheapest and easiest to have it feature humans because if you have it feature, a, if you do a series about Klingons, then you have to make everybody look like that's a why Klingon every day, every week. Battlestar and Firefly yeah. cost so little. So, you, you're so you're somewhat limited by that factor that everything sort of has to be Earth-based until you're going to take that plunge and just ignore the fact that there are humans there and no Earth. Mm. Tricky thing to do. It's generally, we accept it, I think. I don't know why. Mm. Hubris. The hubris of man. We, should... we accept that we're... Everywhere. Yeah. It makes yeah. sense. We're so amazing, we've got to be everywhere sort of thing. Yeah. Or they make aliens look like humans as well, like in V. Yeah. They were aliens, but they looked like... Well, the robots humans. are like humans in Battlestar. Exactly. Things like that. It's all a messy way around it. Yeah, sorry. I, I, I do start. like um, Star Trek's explanation of that, though. Well, I like the fact that they bothered to put an explanation yeah, yeah, for once. That was, for once. That was good. Um, that There is a reason that they all look humans, that they've all got two arms and two legs and everything. and they're yeah. all from and the same gene pool. from the same gene pool, but effectively, which mm. is great. And it forces us to think about ourselves. <laughs> so ships um <laughs> yeah. i think star wars has got to have it on ships just you reckon? just such no, a no, wide no. breadth for and, and again wait i'm just saying again you're talking mainly just movies with the ships yeah aren't you i mean obviously the comics do but that's a different thing mainly just the movies mm. with the ships and for such a small amount to have such a large amount of ships in 
Whereas there you've got the large... entire series of a, of uh, Star Trek, and you've, you've got a lot of ships in there. I mean, I'm not, mm. you know, yeah. Obviously, there's a, a vast amount of ships. So in the there, amount of screen just, time, the yeah, amount, the of, amount ships. of screen time, and the amount of interest. The ships in Star Wars are brilliant ships they're very tactile it's the fighters in, in, i think they did a good they, job of that they, they look like they've been used they look like they've been used and they look like they've just stuck bits on with star wars ships it mm. always looks like it's you know it's been a sort of like a hodgepodge job of brick a brick here and everything and just which is quite funny of, because they look like they've been used but they're being used in space all the time so it's not as if effectively yeah, why no inertia, they so yeah why there's there's no there's no yeah, reason why they'd have pollution. exhaust uh, uh, flares near the engines and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? It's like, but they do. Yeah. Um, and and Star Trek always looked smoother. I mean, that was the difference between mm. one of the main differences. I mean, Star the Star Trek looks more like the Emperor's ships. You know, looks more like the Imperial ships. True. I do prefer um, the, the Star Trek ships. I think, but again, this comes down to the fact that we like the detail about them. We mm. like to know how they work and why they work and all that sort of thing. We can get that with both. To yeah, an extent. But, I mean, you don't get it from. Well, this takes us on to another thing that shows that both these uh, universes are greatly backed up by books and fan fiction mm, and definitely. all that sort of thing. And you get most of that stuff you get through the books for Star Wars. Yeah. Most of the detail and all that sort of thing. And okay, they're all okayed by George Lucas and that sort of thing. And the continuity in Star Trek is shit. Yeah, thankfully, Star mm, Wars know. is better. It's not and perfect, but it's better. It's it's much better, but and the books don't all correlate with each mm. other and that sort of thing. So I think Star Wars does much better on the. There's a, there's the a book weak side. At one point, it was it was all totally, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Back in the early nineties, I think it was. I'm not sure. Well, but anyway, I mean, yeah, it was all totally. And then there was obviously the other because the, the comics went off in a different direction to Luke being and you know another Vader effectively. Really? Yeah. No, Luke becomes the Emperor again. Wow. Luke turns himself into the Emperor in one of the comics lines. That's cool. And uh, they all fight against Luke. But the books differ, aren't they? Yeah, the books stick much more closely. I've, only, I've not actually read many of the comics. I've only read the, the old Knights of the Republic and stuff like that. Doesn't Chewie die in one of the comics as well? I think and, he does, yeah. In all the books or something like that. And, and I've uh, not... Han, has, they, Han and Leia have another child, don't they? Um, yeah, Han and Leia have a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's, like, there's a whole... Massive story that goes on from that. Tristan's read loads of them. Yeah, I've read quite a few of the books, but not the not the comics as much. So the Star Trek books are pretty much like the Star Trek um, episodes in that they're just pretty much episodic. Yeah, I've read a, I've read a couple, read a couple, and by that I mean one or two. I've read a few, I've read quite a few. I used to read the the ones of the televised episodes. So like I've got, um, but before the episode actually came out, I've got all the, right. I've got all good things hardback. Wow, I've got to, you read uh, any of the gay porn next gen episodes? No, no, no. I'm just wondering because you know they they do that with Star Trek. No, they write. There was a series of of Kirk Spock love stories, and there's there's Riker Picard one. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no. loads. Of, there's really odd. They do these kind of books which are all the main male characters start kissing and getting it on. No, I had no idea. That's really news to me. Um, it certainly <laughs> didn't happen in any of the books. You'll be read. checking it out on the internet um, later. <laughs> that's 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 quite weird. Um, no, it's re- isn't it really strange? Because you just brings new whole meaning to the statement Kirk versus Picard. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, the interesting thing there was a feature on um, on Star Trek Two um, DVD or Star Trek Three DVD, one of the two, on the extra features where they're talking about they're talking to two of the novelists. 
like one or two of the regular novelists who write like Star Trek novels and everything. Oh, yeah. And uh, he's, uh, one of them was just going on and was just saying, yeah, I could like write a, a book which explains where the Doomsday Machine came from in the original series. And uh, and then there's the, and then I've, I've written that explanation, but then the series could do an episode and give a completely different explanation and mine is redundant. And it's sort of like, you know, they're the second level of continuity. They can like, they can expand on things and change things, but if they decide later on, they're going to do it themselves. They just do it themselves. Hmm. Well, the books sometimes were like far more graphic than than uh, the series, the next gen. Like there was one I remember where Tasha Yar like has a massive flashback to her home planet, and she gets raped by a massive gang, and they they gut her cat in front of her, and things like that, which is all expanded on a a flashback in one of the first series next gen episodes. Then but again. It's- it's quite horrific, like some of the stuff that they do, but they can get away. And like they're swearing as well. There's like, you know, lots of people saying shit and fuck in the books and things wow, like that. Wow, which is, yeah, yeah. Which is an odd thing nerves. with uh, Star Trek. You don't feel uh, comfortable with them. It would be really good to see, you know, Riker just turn around and go, oh, cocks. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, well, quite frankly, Deanna, you're a bit of a, yeah. Something like we've yeah. covered this. Yeah, we have. Yeah, I'm this. not descending into that. Our second Although I reckon Riker so would go should have more swearing in Star Trek. I think Riker would go the Brit ass empire of swearing, though. Do you know what I mean? It wouldn't be the the oh and you know f and cunt and whatever and all that. It will go straight in with the um, oh jubbly titties. Oh, <laughs> something that's on his mind. So it'll generally be uh, some female part. <laughs> Diana's ass. Oh. um... <laughs> Anyway, Picard's ass. No, so moving from ships to battles. What are we saying in battles then? Because well, obviously this uh, is a bit unfair. Yeah, it's a money issue again, isn't it? It's a money issue. It's oh. also a time issue. I think, and also the fact that Star Trek's good battles are, are I should think, have they've got an element of influence from Star Wars's good battles. You yeah, can't get the, past the, the kind... amount of things that wouldn't exist without Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, but. Because well, Star Trek came first. Yeah, but yes, they weren't doing big battles on the sense of big battles. They were doing one-on-one ship dogfights sort of thing. They were. one ship But then Deep Space Nine took that to... But yeah, they I never know. went fighter pilot. They never went fighter No, pilot, but until um, Defiant, which kind of... It flies like that. It flies, flies like a bit a like that, yeah. But they, they're still... It's in there in the midst but of the lots good, of big ships. The good ones, they do look a little like fighters because there's so many large ships. Yeah. So you get more of that element. And then you also get the way they move looks very similar to... I mean, I'm really talking Return of the Jedi, you know. I mean, the end... Battling yeah, that is fantastic. definitive because it's got big ships. You've got the Mon Calamari cruisers and stuff like that. And you've also got your little ships. You've got your B wings and your A wings. I used to continually X-wings. fast forward through all the stuff on the Ewoks with, uh, with the bass. So I used to get to the space bit when I was a kid and I used to that watch that. That was the best bit. And then fast forward the rest of it. Um, all the stuff. Anytime it cuts to the Emperor and Luke talking, just fast forward. Ewoks, fast forward, battle. I want to go back to the space battle, because that battle was fantastic. Nobody yeah. flying through it on autopilot at random, surviving it, though. No. Not like earlier space battles that happened in the universe. No. Terrible, terrible. See, we didn't. there weren't any bad space battles in Star Trek that I can think of. And I think adding more ships is just a natural progression. It's I think a, so. It's an obvious thing. Of course, you're going to get... As you get more money and technology improves... You're gonna have more ships doing more fancy things. Well, they were just saying like they um, they had to in the Deep Space Nine features. They were saying like when they get to season seven, they were like they were starting to worry because they'd done so many big battles 
and to top them in the last episode was, yeah. was quite difficult. They had to think of some really interesting things to do for the last episode to top the battles because they were so fucking huge. The one when the way of the warrior, when all those fucking Klingon ships are around DS nine and that's fantastic. And, and What's that the last one, one series last six was brilliant as well. And what oh, did we watch last night? I well, when they take Deep Space Nine called. back. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, the one. That was that's wicked. The that's so the, the two fleets coming together and battling yeah. was incredible. Mm. I mean, one thing but you don't see enough of is Romulan warbirds in battle. That's true. No, I'd love no. to see more of them looking like warbirds rather than just big stationary things. Yeah, the battle at the beginning of episode three is a spectacular battle. It is, but it's marred. By all the crap dialogue going on between their puppets. Again, we're on to, yeah, dialogue in the Star Wars universe is yeah. is terrible. Return of the Jedi is fine in all the space battles, you know, and uh, it's all technical stuff and it's all, uh, you know, uh, concentrate off fire on the Super Star Destroyer. It's all brilliant. It's like, you know, the general getting everyone into the battle and yeah. it's like, you know, put all the powers of the forward deflectors, but it's too late and the ship crashes into the Super Star Destroyer. Brilliant stuff. But in, in episode three, they've got this fucking, you know, oh, I'm sorry, master. I'm sorry, Master. R2, get onto the back of the sh- and you, Oh, yeah. shut up. That, no. It's only because it's involving Anakin, basically, though, because the one in episode two, the land battle, is, is pretty good. You've got Yoda barking orders. Oh, the land yeah, battle. Oh, the, the stormtroopers firing and walking Fantastic. through the Fantastic. Yeah, that was very good. That's, that's very really good. good. It's, it's just Anakin, really, yeah. that's affecting you. Yeah. yeah. He's the Alexander of Star Wars. <laughs> Alexander. <laughs> Alexander's Alexander's my new most hated character. He could be worse than Wesley. He is pretty shit. He's bad. Worse than Wesley. Wesley did some good. Wesley, you know, Wesley was how he was for a reason. Alexander's just a whiny shit. Yes, but he looks like he's got a walnut on his head and he's much more interesting to look at. (sighs) But he's, he he's came back looking. in that episode <laughs> last night. He was like, "Oh, look, clumsy Alexander's." But oh, he's knocked a waiter over in Quarks now, and all this. And I thought, I, "Oh, is that the one where he's on the he's on the ship and like and he he challenges someone to a thing and Worf intervenes?" Really? And... Did we not watch that? I, I think whole it'd be good one. if he got. Um, no, I don't think we watched the whole one. I, I think it'd be good if he got something like a, a major drugs dependency or something. You know, so some real interesting plot came twist. Came a tetracel white addict. Yeah, yeah, yeah. something like that. He's, he, he, you know, smoking tetracel white through emptied out byros or something. Yeah, I, think, I mean, I and, and Wolf be... comes in and he's, he's he wants to be a good father, but he's strict. You know, he's more. You're See, taking drugs. They what? never did that because that'd be stereotyping Klingon orphans. Really, you know, <laughs> it's, just, it's pandering to the image that we have of Klingon orphans. <laughs> smoking tetracel white. I mean, it's just generally you don't want to do that. No? You want you want positive Klingon orphans. All right, Jake Sisko then. <laughs> yeah, who's becoming Jake more irritating, but still. Yeah, not. but he's just I mean, absent though. That's the thing with Jake. He's just not there. Most oh, he's the still time. there at this point. He's not. He's not most most of the time. He's he's in it for like one scene. Dad, can I have a bit of this? And he goes, Yeah, Jake, go for it. And I'm Jake a recorder. I have my sources. Stop saying that. Yeah. I got it the first time, and no, you don't. And I wish, like, if Garrick's the guy that does his clothes, would stop giving him that kind of Albert Steptoe hunch thing that he kind of walks around with. Because I'm sure it's just the way his clothes are cut. He's just got these arms that look like they're doing that, and he kind of he's got a hunch because he's a tall chap, so it's probably from that. Yeah, he's very but he so could just, jangly. 
No, yeah, that's Australia's the brilliant back thing with Deep Space Nine. As, as the series progresses, one of the great things is how Jake suddenly becomes far taller than Nog. Mm-hmm. Uh, just at some point, suddenly, Jake is literally... They were at the same height at the start of the series, and then at some point, Jake is three times the size. Nog's very good now, though. I'm starting to really like Nog. Nog's yeah, great a character. character. Nog and Rob are, are, are great little characters. And like the whole Ferengi well, don't, family. Don't get Quark out. Yeah, Quark's an amazing yeah, yeah. character. And Quark then may well be my favourite character. Just wrong with Lita. Wrong with Lita just is wrong on so many <laughs> yeah. levels. But brilliant at the same time. And you just think, you bastard, look at those. <laughs> amazing. Um, but, yeah. So do we have any conclusions to draw? Oh, I was about to say, there's, a, con- we, this is there's a, another dialectic that we haven't uh, gone into. The Horner versus... Uh, Williams. Oh, the music. The Williams. Uh, yeah, the music. Because yeah. well, can Williams, you compete? thing is, Williams is the man for Star Wars. That's the thing. <laughs> no, like, no, Williams, Williams is just is, a man. <laughs> Williams is just the... Well, I think he's overrated, to be honest. But Williams is, is very, very much Star Wars. He's the one person. Horner did, like, two. Uh, Dennis McCarthy did loads. But um, that's what I mean. The, the best... Just, Music's got to be from Wrath of Khan. Wrath of Khan and, yeah, the two Warner soundtracks are the best two. Um, but, but I don't. I think that's the only one that's anywhere near competing with Williams's ones for Star Wars. No, no, so Search for Spock and Wrath of Khan, those two. Because mm. uh, Search for Spock, you've got the Klingon themes, which are wicked. You're not counting the Star Trek Four music in this? No, not at all. <laughs> I, can't, I still can't get my head around the fact that that one was the one that got nominated for an Oscar. Did it really? For the best score. Oh dear. I can't <laughs> get my head around score. that. James Horner produces two of the best sci-fi scores score. ever, and then that guy, I can't remember what his name is, comes along and dun 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 Chekhov's running from the smooth. Oh, uh, is that the one where he looked like a small Edwardian boy? No, that yeah. was three. That was three. Yeah. Did he look like he's a small Edwardian boy? Yeah, he's dressed like a small Edwardian boy in Star Trek Three. It's awful. Yeah, it really. is one of the worst things in Star Trek 3, to be perfectly honest, is Chekhov's costume. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's really that unfortunate. I need to go back and watch it. Uh, it's, it's helped because Sulu's got his cool um, turquoise top and leather jacket, and they're all wearing leather jackets in 3. Oh yeah, they're pretty is, swish, aren't they're they? They're pretty swish, apart from Chekhov, who for mm. some reason looks like a small Edwardian boy. <laughs> um, See, I promised myself if I was going to take the time out to watch a Star Trek movie, I'd sit through one. Next. That's I've just got to. We've got to do. We've got to. We've got to do a review one. of one or something. We've got to just do a whole episode on one. I point. think it would just be unnecessarily mean and we'd upset people. Maybe, but no, they can fuck off. I like upsetting people. <laughs> Going back to the music though, let's say it's brilliant as well. Then, yeah, okay. to blind people. Oh, sorry, back to the music. How could you say it's brilliant? We can lie. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to. Yeah. Um, I I prefer Williams. I think there's more music throughout the Star Wars of films course, than that. What I judge it by is music I'd like to drive to, <laughs> and there's a lot I more music I'd like to drive to from Star Wars and do drive to from Star it's, Wars. It's little excerpt, excerpts from Star Wars, basically, isn't it? Just like in, say, Return of the Jedi. No, Return of the Jedi. You've got the Emperor's theme there. Oh. My favourite bit yeah. of Jedi in the, in the score for Jedi is when um, Vader riles up um, Luke and he's hiding and maybe your sister can be turned. And then that last tracking <laughs> shot when they're yeah. fuck, he's fucking going for it, that piece of music under there gives me chills every time. Mm. Um, and there's, yeah, there's little bits like that throughout. Um, then Jewel of the Fates, I really, I still think is a fantastic that's, piece of music. I have to say, that's my favourite. That's the episode one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's got to be my favourite. Even though there's... 
Darth Vader's march, which is the you know the dum 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 and the the Emperor's march, the other one with the yeah, there's so many that's themes. Got to be the best. It's Star Wars was done. What's the word? It's like motif. Everybody has a theme tune, and mm. that plays when they come on screen, and that sort of thing. And I love it for that reason. It plays like Lando a should have movie. had one with a. He's trying to think who, who the other major Star Trek contributor was, but it's Goldsmith, isn't Jay it? Chetaway. Jerry Goldsmith. And Jerry Goldsmith. Yeah, who's, that's the big one. Um, the and series music was pretty samey. Yeah, but it's done by various people that were, you know, I think McCarthy they do it is to one a of the big ones. Sort of thing. But yeah, it's, it's kind of like the standard music for a danger scene, music for a slight romance and everything and slight yeah. variance on it. And they repeat a lot of the music in the series. Plus it gave them the opportunity to produce over and over again, the crap theme tune. Yeah. With, with the movies, you write one theme tune. You're happy with that. You go with it. And it's the theme tune for all six star Wars movies. Mm. And we like that. Mm. Whereas with star Wars, uh, star Trek, sorry, you have to do a different theme tune for each series. And that's how you end up with, <sighs> with with Enterprise, God, that it, right about adding insult to injury, making it worse by putting in a small bongos bit. I mean, it was rubbish in the first place, yeah, and then instead of just going, beat. I know, why don't we just do a different type of classical music? We had the big horns in uh, Deep Space Nine. Obviously, we went with the string things with Next Gen, and uh, the original ones got that kind of mm. cool whistling sound and stuff. But, oh, it's just, I'm a Voyager, at least it's something you can ignore. You know what I mean? It's not yeah, something... It's, it's Voyager was entirely average a theme tune, wasn't it? I don't know. Mm. I, I, I actually quite like the Deep Space Nine, especially after yeah, Series yeah, 4. Yeah, rousing when, trumpets. It's, yeah, when it's, when it's got that throbbing bass underneath in Series 4 onwards, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> changed it, which is much... Sorry, I don't think I've heard this. Have <laughs> <laughs> I ever played you the extended Deep Space yeah, Nine theme yeah, tune yeah. with the with the thrash guitar and... Yeah, uh, it's just absolutely absurd. Somewhere <laughs> at Paramount, I have to play it. It's just fucking funny. Somewhere it's... at Paramount, there is a guy in his fifties who still has eighties big long hair, and everybody takes the piss out of him behind his back. Rolls and he's his suit just dying sleeves up. Yeah, he rolls his suit sleeves up, and he's just dying to get his axe out <laughs> and yeah. and play a big guitar solo in mm. the middle of a theme tune somewhere. Mm. And he just looks around looking for people recording theme tunes. Like they kind of like they, every, in the every now and then they sort of like, yeah, okay, we'll give you the CD release. Yeah. We're not going to put it on the show. No. But we'll give you the CD. Thank God they didn't put it on the show. It's properly... <laughs> it's like real, you know... <laughs> It's oh, like Craig. It's, yeah, it's fucking, <laughs> it's just so cheesy. It's untrue, and it really. It, but it's brilliant. I love listening to it on my way to work. Um, <laughs> so this is a real tough episode because there are so, so many, many different aspects. Maybe we'll, we'll revisit it. Aliens, maybe we'll revisit yeah. it at some time. I don't think. To be perfectly honest, as well, there was always a thing when we were younger, it was like you were either a Star Trek fan or a Star Wars fan. And I was like, no, they don't have to be mutually exclusive. We can no, live in both either. worlds, people. It's only a TV show and a movie. Exactly. You can you like can watch, both. Yeah, life's I short. own both. You know, it's yeah. not... It's 
Do you own episode one, two, and three of Star Wars? I own episode two. I do not own. I've never bought episode one. I've got one. episode one, two, and three. And I've never See, I have all of both three. of them for a sense of completeness. See, I've, yeah, I keep but, looking at episode one and three and thinking I'd like them on the shelf just so I have all six. Yeah, they're only But cheap. then I just thinking to myself, really, there are dozens of films I haven't seen. You know, there are, you know, I do end up watching them more than the original ones now, though. Because I'm not as familiar with them as I am with the original ones. So mm. when I, you know, every, probably about once a year I watch the original one. Maybe now. I don't know. It's but, been a long time since I've watched yeah, the original yeah, Star Wars, I, I, I've watched it quite recently, but before that it could have been years, you know. Yeah. But as I say, because I'm familiar with that, you watch it once and you're stocked up for the, you know I mean? You know every little detail of that film, whereas the new ones you're not as familiar with. So you do end up picking them off the shelf and watching them more than you, uh, the older ones. Yeah, I'm actually thinking of buying the new uh, Star Wars DVDs, the one with the original versions on, mm. purely because I got out the ones from my box set to play mm. and they didn't, one of them was scratched buggery. Right. So a replacement is needed. So I might actually end up with them individually anyway. And the that was a cheeky fucking thing to do. That really was. Bring out and... But he's such a mardy fucker, though, isn't he? Because he was going to bring them out. Um, Lucas, this is. He was going to. He said uh, they were. Everyone was like, "Oh, we want the original versions." So he was going to produce like with them with the original stereo track, completely unremastered in any they sense, with, uh, with no visuals. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Did he do that? They That's actually, what exists. They, what, They're what taken they from the laser disc version. Yeah, and um, everyone's just like, "Well, we want them cleaned up a bit." Just don't want any of that new crap in it. No, nothing. Nothing was nothing done to, to it. Done Technically, to it. The, the versions I have on VHS are still superior. Yeah. Because they were digitally remastered. The ones I have as well, yeah. yeah. Uh, so there's that, and you get the you obviously get the new version with Anakin. To be honest, I actually quite like it when stuff looks like it's time. I don't think there's digital... Uh, sometimes, I mean, for example, the French Connection that we watched um, like last year or something like that, that VHS, just there's so much film dirt and crap all over it. Yeah, I've seen the DVD and it's pristine. It's just clean as you know as anything. The trans- they've obviously gone through and cleaned it up on yeah, every, they every- that the other day. Actually, did you? Yeah, frame by frame, they've cleaned it up, um, and it just looks so much nicer and cleaner. But I actually quite like watching the French Connection with all the shit over it because I just think it just looks like a seventies film. I know what mm. you mean. We uh, rewatched The Godfather the other night, and that yeah. looks the same. Even on the DVD version that I've got, it looks grainy and all mm. that sort of thing. And it's it's more enjoyable an experience for it, which worries me about HD DVD and all that sort of thing. Yeah, is there too much? Is there something? If is it possible to have too good picture quality? Yeah. Mm. Until we have right. uh, hollow programs and all that sort of thing, and yeah, you know, yeah, you'd be annoyed if you had grain on the holodeck. Um, That'd just be weird, and you'd yeah. fall down a lot. <laughs> if it was in front of you, and you had to sort of. Missed through it. Yeah. Um, Should we, have we anything else to We've say got loads this? to say, but it, we're going to be here for, for, here for, for, two, for two or three weeks talking about this. So yeah, maybe we should aliens, do a, Plenty of stuff to do. Enemies. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Enemies, yeah. Coolest exactly. characters. Acting. Um, yeah, there's so many other things that we could do. My God. We'll have to do a part two. We will. Yeah. Maybe uh, next. Don't know. Maybe. Should we do it next? We could do. We Might could do. Not. Maybe. Tune in the, the same time. See, next, see next week. week, see if we do it. See if um, not. I, I have a, an urge to do about 15 minutes worth of housekeeping at the end of this show. Right. 
But I'm not going to. Okay. Because there isn't that much to say. No. Uh, if you'd like to join our forums, go to uh, simplysyndicated.com slash make it slow slash forums and check those out. They're so hugely busy at the moment. Yes. Lots of people on there talking about it. I need to actually get my login sorted out because I don't have a login for that forum. You can just sign up. Can I? Well, that's all I'd do. Oh, right. Okay. It's how I had to sign up. Oh, just sign up then. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's fine. Um, So I keep looking to go on and thinking, oh, I need a login. I don't need a login, do I? I can just sign up. Wrap up. I need a Jimmy Riddle. Okay. Um, so there's that. You can email us, make it so at simplysyndicated.com. Dig us on Dig. Uh, vote for us on Podcast Alley if you feel like it. And uh, listen to other shows that we have on Simply Syndicated. You can find them all on www.simplyhere.com. No. No, you can't. Simply Who else syndicated. did that the other day? Simplysyndicated.com slash, slash simply here. The audio feed. Someone else did that the other day. I don't know if it's you who's done it twice or whether no, Alison did it. I don't it as think well. I've ever done that before. Lanny Allison did it. Yeah. Weird. 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 Hmm. Okay. Anyway, well, thanks for joining us, and thanks to Mr. Stora for joining us this week. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Always. No See you next Bye. week. New from Simply Syndicated, the definitive word, with me, Will Tristram. Join me and my various guests as we wax lyrical and attempt to broaden your minds as we stumble through our journey through the 21st century society and culture. Find us at simplysyndicated.com slash the definitive word or on our audio channel, Simply Here at simplysyndicated.com slash simplyhere.